This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, 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 the devil and the media that he uses to control the world is television second that's a big number tom rahab or stroboam much more dangerous than she looks and rocking futuristic gala tire it's eden lou this week we've got a poetic sensibility westworld episode seven past pawn our cold open we're in jakarta with musashi musashi sends a guy out with a briefcase a mostly healed charlotte calls she's got a new plan to streamline operations charlotte appears to have teamed up with mave and they've sent clementine Musashi says Maeve and Clementine have practiced selling themselves. Clementine starts killing people. Musashi transforms a briefcase into a machine gun in slow motion. As he's about to escape, he gets impaled by a sword. It's not Armistice. It's Hanario, the Shogun World version of Armistice, Dave. I know. I I should have seen that coming, considering it would balance out. You have Musashi on one side and then you've got his associate on the other side it's poetic like you said the ladies walk out with musashi's disembodied head westworld so dramatic our dream team has a third member now william chubbs and bernard are together apparently william is at an inner journey center in the marin headlands above the golden gate bridge i don't know how they got the right to put that there it's a state park but okay So last week when Dolores tracked his location, she did hack the system, which gave her the location of Caleb's data in Mexico. It wasn't just a GPS tracker. Chubbs reveals to William that he's a host. You're shitting me, fucking Ford. Bernard learns Ciroc took over Delos and discovers the virus in William's blood. People using your genetics for their own personal gain. How's that feel? Don't lecture me, you fucking can opener. I don't know what Hale did, but I know where she is. 
So I'm gonna do something with her blood, like mop the fucking floor with it. You want to stop me, you're gonna have to kill me. Looks like we won't have to. According to this, you're already dead. Why does William care about Chubbs? Stubbs, sorry. <laughs> no, he's Chubbs now. <laughs> Why does William give a shit about Chubbs? Like, who cares? This accessory of a character is actually a robot. Damn it. Don't lecture me, you fucking can opener. Might be line of the season, though. <laughs> it was great. Bernard is just now learning everything we learned two episodes ago. All the patients were classified you, unpredictable, they're outliers. Everyone who failed the program are declared missing or dead. Bernard wants to find the successes. Let me take a look. This was kind of my thing in the park. Shut up, Chubbs! <laughs> His thing in the park was looking at a computer screen. Googling names. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he was a completely unnecessary character in season one. So I guess being an exposition machine was his purpose in the park. Didn't he spend a whole season looking for one person? Yeah. And then she ended up being killed. Bernard talks about Ciroc plucking and editing everyone, messing up Rehoboam, and that William sold him high-grade biometric data. That French fuck paid a fortune. Chubbs, showing off his skills, has hacked his way into Caleb's file. William faced his demons, they whispered to him, and now he's found his purpose. His stain, his original sin, the stain, was helping to create the hosts. So I'm going to wipe out every host from the face of this earth, beginning with you two. So kill me now, or I'll kill you later. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> Then they're still hanging out. They go to a gas yeah, station. Yeah, what? <laughs> like, why are they still together? I guess William needs to use them for some Stubbs, reason to locate. Stubbs is not very good at security. However. <laughs> uh, well, if he does have an axe. Go to the bathroom by the dead guy over there. There's a billboard for lab-grown beef. Yes, where Bernard worked. Oh, that's right. Oh, good call, Jake. That's the throwback there, yeah. Wow, nice little Easter egg. Loop closer. Loop closer. <laughs> Chubbs is going to hotwire a car. William First goes, episode. <laughs> William goes to take a piss. <laughs> Dolores was made with a poetic sensibility. She won't destroy humanity. Caleb will. William found a gun on the way to the bathroom. Uh-oh, Chubbs. Whoops. Found a machine gun. That's you know, crazy. There's just some machine guns or a shotgun sitting around. And he just picked it up. What What the hell is going on in this show? Chubbs is like, no problem. Go ahead and <laughs> I've got my axe it. here. We want to walk jumps. around. Hey, yeah. you know, just get, case the joint. Well, see what you see. Yeah. The thing about these hosts these days, though, they can take some bullets. A lot more bullets than they could in Westworld. This is hardly a game over situation. And we left it at a standoff. This plot line is the worst. Yeah. Also, it's pretty clear that they both survive whatever showdown is. Going <laughs> because they're in next week's preview. Yeah. I mean, well, how many bullets? Not, not, not like he found a case of ammo. And we'll get to Two. this later, but the same thing with Dolores It's like, Oh, the EMP knocked her out. She has no arm, but she's in the preview for next Again. week's episode. So she's fine. <laughs> In season one, it was like clear, like that hosts were programmed to die, like as humans would. But what's the line here in in the quote unquote real world? Like, how do we know what it takes to kill a host? You have to destroy their control unit. There is a C5 detonator in their necks. Oh, okay. That's what Chubbs was trying to do when we found him was hit that and blow himself up. But these hosts yeah, don't but these, have these, that, But these though, new maybe. ones don't have C5 detonators in them, right? Yeah. The ones that Dolores created no. don't have a self-destruct mm, function as far as okay. They shouldn't. They no, shouldn't. that'd be bizarre if they did. Yeah. Yeah, wild. <laughs> Just going to delete that from the program. Yeah, yeah, let's write that out. Well, Martin got blown up, but then they just took his control unit. So it all comes down to the control unit. You got to destroy it. Okay. So as long as you can secure the control unit, you're fine. But like the physical That's body right. can That's just how they take got the... anything. Yeah. Or you could just print a new one. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. For those who don't know, uh, Ed Harris did an interview with Vulture. Turns out he wasn't such a big fan of this season. I'll ask the question, you be Ed Harris. Okay. 
The show has preserved the mystery of whether William could be a host. This episode doesn't definitely resolve it. Is that something Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan have told you definitively? They pretty much leave it up in the air, being a person who enjoys doing theater and making it new and fresh every night. I just as soon know the full arc of my character, but unfortunately, I do not. So it's just revealed to you episode by episode. Yeah, pretty much. In this episode, William arrives at the realization that he's, quote unquote, the good guy. What did you take that to mean for him? I think he demolishes these aspects of himself. At this point, he feels like he's got one whole individual. He knows who he is. He's responsible for the mayhem that has ensued out of the park. His goal is to rectify it. In this episode, William's treatment includes what looks like Clockwork Orange-style torture of you being strapped down and manhandled. What was it like filming that? You do what you gotta do. I, I mean, I signed on to play the man in black, and I didn't sign on to play the man in white. So it wasn't the most joyous season for me, I gotta say. The character has gone to such a dark place, it must be hard to embody. It's not so hard to embody, it's just hard to feel like something I'm really enjoying doing, thus staying. And then he talks about the yard work that he's doing. Ed Harris! (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what any of that means. I signed on to play the man in black. I don't know what that, I don't know what he's trying to say there. It's like, oh, this character is different now. It's funny because it's not like he seems like a good guy this season, right? He's the same guy. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what big change. He's just he's wearing white. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he didn't want, he didn't want to wear the white asylum outfit. What's, what's he complaining I, I about? Like I mean, maybe he looks better in black he, than he does in white. He only, so he's, I mean, he washes his out his complexion. Oh, boy. I think the idea that he's some badass walking through Westworld as a desperado, playing out his his badass fantasies, and now he's just in a straitjacket. He gets to be a villain before. He finds his role less masturbatory, is what we're saying. (laughs) Exactly. If it's true that he knows this little about his character, going from week to week or shoot schedule to shoot schedule it's it's an interesting revelation on that front i think that's interesting is how close they're keeping things to the vest in terms of who that guy is uh and it forces him to play some manner of befuddlement and and confusion but eh, i don't i don't really see where he's he's finding this character to have made some bizarre left turn is it as good no of course not this is not as good, but it's not drastically different in the way that like the last season of Game of Thrones, all of a sudden Daenerys Targaryen is a sociopath. Right. And it's funny you bring that up because I, I was thinking of that in relation to this because she said she didn't know they were going to do that with her character. Yeah, I think it's never a good idea to keep the actor in the dark because they have to be able to play the emotion they have to play the moment and they have to play the moments that they're going to play later and give you some sort of foreshadowing otherwise yeah. it's going to feel inauthentic or bizarre in the way that i think a lot of these choices have felt this season the best example of that dave is jk rowling telling alan rickman snape's plot twist when they started the first movie before the fifth, sixth, seventh book had even come out, she told Alan Rickman what the deal was with the character. And that's what makes his performance so incredible in those movies. He can be scary in the beginning, but there's that glimmer of like, ah, oh, he's not so bad. Our main plot this week concerns Dolores and Caleb. Lots of flashbacks to Caleb with Dr. Green, starting with the shot of the waves crashing. We cut from his military days to his mercenary days, see him taking some digital acid tabs. He recalls Francis's death. Dr. Green asks, who killed him? Dolores and Caleb are on horseback in Sonora, Mexico, riding to Inner Journey's recovery center. Where the fuck did Dolores get a horse in a world where elephants don't exist? Great question. I didn't think about that. Where's Logan? Where's (laughs) naked Logan? It's a big difference, though, between a horse and an elephant maze. Horse racing. Horses in America are revered. Is there a black market for horses these days? Absolutely. At least for horse semen there is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Dolores says it reminds her of home. Caleb has finally figured out she's from Westworld and asks about the massacre. I did what I had to do to survive. (laughs) 
Caleb questions Dolores' intentions. Dolores wants her kind to be free, but there are almost no hosts left. She proposes that Caleb lead humanity, but he's just a construction worker. They're going to recover something that was taken from Caleb. Dr. Green triggers another flashback loop in Crimea during the Russian Civil War. Caleb's unit is tasked with hunting down a particularly nasty insurgent group. Their targets were selected by quants, analyzing data. Caleb and his team were taking limbics to dull everything. Once they confirm the target, a drone rocket launches from space. The insurgents are using the same type of tracking on them. Everyone gets killed except for Francis and Caleb. They capture the leader of the insurgency, and it's revealed Dr. Green is doing AR therapy on Caleb, which makes him start over. I had a really hard time caring about these scenes. This whole episode felt like I was watching Call of Duty-like setups, you know? Well, we talk about how this show is in a lot of ways, a riff on video games. And I'm not surprised that you feel that way. I, I think it is it, it, to its de- detriment in a lot of ways, this obsession yeah. with video games and starting over and, and infinite lives and just the stuff that yeah. makes video games not fun to watch, but fun to play. And right <laughs> yeah, now we're watching totally. a video game cutscene. <laughs> I, I could not have put it any better. Yeah, yeah I know. I know that. Uh, I'm aware. <laughs> no, like so that was like, really well put. Westworld has just become everyone talking about their fantasy team. Is that what it is? Yes. Like no one cares. I want to be in that yeah. Westworld, but I don't need to watch it because it's not as interesting as it used to be. Yeah, imagine but, watching your friend's fantasy football draft. I think you'd want to blow your brains out. It'd be so boring. <laughs> The satellite deployment of that arrow-like missile was cool. Some of the depictions of the action on the ground were impressive. But I know, I felt that way throughout the whole episode. I felt disengaged the most I felt all season. The more action the show gets involved in in many ways, and I said this at the outset of the season, the less interested I am. I don't mind a great action scene to move the story along and to create tension and danger, but I do not want to be invested in action as the only plot device while they're explaining to you why we're here and not there and why this is happening and not this. You know what I mean? Jonathan Nolan yeah. demanded that we have a car chase. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do some drone bo- missiles. But there's no characters in these action scenes that you care about. So you do naturally disengage. The best yeah. action scenes in any movie or television show are the ones where you're really concerned for the fate of Indiana Jones or Luke Skywalker or Batman or whoever it is. I'm losing my ability to care about what Dolores wants. I'm losing my ability to care about what Caleb wants because I don't really know what they want anymore. Everybody's working at cross purposes and there's all kind of manner of conversations about destiny and, and fate and, and right. what, what the, the system wants you to do. And Dolores apparently using Caleb as a pawn for a far more sinister plot that she has. A past pawn. <sighs> all right. Where are we and, going? And that's why the puzzle box component was so important to this show. Because yeah. at least you could get fixated on the mystery, the central mysteries at the heart of the show. And now they've kind of taken that down disrupted it in a way and tried to simplify things. And yet it feels like we're supposed to be invested in some kind of twist or reveal in the next episode to really make all of this pay off. Because like you say, we're not really that invested in Caleb. Caleb's just the new Teddy. Yep. That's really all he is. And now it's like, is he somehow tied to man in black? Is that going to make us be more invested in him going into the next season? Is he Ciroc's brother? Would that be a good payoff? I don't even know if that's a good payoff at this point. You know what? I'm starting to feel like this season is the first act of a movie stretched out over eight episodes. Yeah. Because nothing's happened. This feels all like setup. I'm not expecting a huge resolution in the next episode. Me neither. I've given up on that. I think that was what was carrying me through the first 
five episodes Four. where I was like, oh, right, this is cool. Right. It's an interesting world. There's a lot of fun stuff happening, yeah. lots of visual trickery and stuff. And now it's like, oh, shit, there's only one episode left and this is it. Yeah. 75% of the way through, we still had no real plot development. And now we're at the penultimate episode and like that's still the case. So I don't know who I'm rooting for because I don't know what anyone's agency is. I may have felt this way in past seasons, but that's because I just didn't know what was going on. This season, there's nothing going on. You know for sure that you don't like it this time around. Yeah, like season two was like, "Mm, I think I'm still trying to figure this out. Yeah, like I still want to work this out. Everything that we're given is a pretty clear picture of what is happening. But like, what is happening though? They don't feel in control of the story this season. Less than they were last season. I couldn't summarize to you like what has happened in seven episodes up to this point. Like, I cannot do it. Luckily, we already did that, and we shall continue summarizing (laughs) now. Dolores uses a sniper rifle with a drone on it that flies around and locates all the targets. This is absurd. They're thousands of yards away, and she takes them all out effortlessly. One shot. Bang, 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 bang. Everybody dead. They enter, and Dolores shoots someone immediately. You were right. Three inside. This is the facility where Jean-Mi was kept and Caleb gets deja vu back to his AR therapy with Dr. Green. Dolores says they need to find Solomon, the precursor to Rehoboam, that developed anomalies adopted from its schizophrenic creator, Jean-Mi. An insane AI. Great. (laughs) I like Solomon. I actually like that idea. <laughs> yeah. Isn't I read somewhere that this yeah. is basically what happened on Person of Interest, oh. which was the other John show. That what, there's what, two what AI was that, one, Dave? That was Ben Linus using algorithms to decide who to kill, right? Yeah, yeah it's it's hunting criminals using data and, and surveillance. And one of the AIs, there's like two AIs, and one of them goes crazy and ruins everything. And that's starting to feel like exactly what this is. If only we could have a Solomon versus Rehoboam fight. I would love to see how they visualize (laughs) that. But it'd probably Uh, just be a bunch of people staring at two meatballs while they beeped. Versus Ciroc. Oh, boy. There's a military-grade EMP in case Solomon tries to escape. Yeah, seriously, what does that mean? You know, getting one of those satellite uploaders (laughs) from last season. Just beam yourself anywhere (laughs) in the world. Okay. Just gets access to it randomly. Just got to shut it down. I feel like they're making shit up as they go along. Well, well, this is what I was trying to figure out on that front. So the ball's going to lift itself out of its holder and start to roll away. (laughs) Is John me in the ball? No, he's frozen. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, he is in the ball. What you're saying is that there are elements of his personality and his mental matrix his neural net is inside of there the way i'm reading it is that solomon is fundamentally jean me and rehoboam is fundamentally sarah but the key part is that jean me was the genesis of both rehoboam has just been tampered down it's all hokum this is nonsense this is not scientific in any way it's just all goofery it's very comic booky which The show yes. was not comic booky at its outset, but it's devolved into that type of symbolic storytelling. Yeah, and it, it almost feels like a reaction to people complaining that it was too thoughtful and nothing happened. And now it's like, well, guess what? Everything's going to happen. I thought that was the only reason people were watching. Hundred percent, it was, and right? so they took the, they took the wrong feedback. Do we think that they're gaining fans this season or losing? They're losing uh, people left I, and I right. bet they're, yeah. I have a theory. What if Westworld, everyone was just really excited about Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris? No, that's not, <laughs> that has nothing to do with it at all. I don't think. I mean, maybe maybe you were. You seem to love old old male actors. <laughs> no. no Where, Tom, when's Ed Tom, Harris showing up? Tom's uh, right, though. Everybody loved Anthony Hopkins on the show. And he did it right. He did a one and done. Yeah. Yeah. He's ahead of the game. I think people tuned in because they're like, what the hell is this? What's going on? Eden said this. Now that there's no mystery, no one Right. I used to like Bernard or at least his character. And now I just don't give a shit. Yep. Because they made him like they lost so much 
momentum with his character. Maybe they should just kill him off in the first place. Cause I just, even though I know that he's going to circle back around in the Dolores storyline, I feel like all of it is just fluff to get there. The Bernard character hasn't developed at all. Do I care about Maeve? Do I care about Dolores? And we'll get there. But I find myself trying to give a shit about these characters, but there's something central to the show about them just dying and then coming back to life that eventually it's the boy who cried wolf. Every time they do this, I just lose that much give a shit the next time around they, that they die. I just don't care anymore. Did you ever really care about the characters or were you just no. invested in the mystery? Because you know, I never cared that, about yeah. the characters. Yeah. Like you didn't really care about what Dolores's final journey was going to be. It was more no. the, the mystery of Westworld and the maze and yeah. trying to solve the riddle. Like you're the man in black. Exactly. And, and none of the characters were ever, they weren't appealing. They were all flawed and or evil the man in black was basically raping robots whatever cause they were trying to serve like i i was still rooting for them in season two interesting you mean the hosts whatever they were fighting for i knew what what their goal was and i either did or didn't want it to happen this season it's like what is the goal what are we doing there's like just want to know what we're doing you can't root for the host because the hosts are all fighting against yeah. each other splintered even the dolores hosts are fighting against each other so there's no team a versus team yeah. b it's like team a versus team a1 versus team a3 versus yeah. team b versus team b3 versus team three six yeah, team z just, and you're like, like what we, i don't know yeah. who's on what team or who's fighting for who and and who's like, on what side leading up to a finale you should be able to look at every major character and be like they are fighting for this their goal is this and I can't do that. What's Maeve like, fighting yeah, for? Yeah, what is Maeve doing? What, what is she in here for? My daughter, Tom! How dare you disrespect my daughter! <laughs> We're still doing that. Her daughter went to heaven. She's probably having a great time. Heaven. <laughs> how, how selfish is Maeve that she, she can't just let her daughter be happy and infinitely happy? They plug in AirPods and choose the default voice as Solomon becomes the French HAL 9000. I am afraid I cannot do that, David. I have some questions. Then I will endeavor to have some answers. You're here in this moment, which means this is variant 47.136.x, in which both you, subject U454.1, Nichols, Caleb, and I are still viable. There are still variables leading to slightly different outcomes, however. If this is indeed now, and we are indeed here. You know me. I know everyone. In all variations. Or at least I did. Except for her. Her pathways are unknown. I'm not one of them. I'm like you. No. You are a Delos product. Host control block 6 Alpha 1. You were made to imitate a human being. We are not alike in any meaningful way. Maybe. But we both outlived our original purpose. And your creator took the steps to ensure you can't leave this place. I know that feeling. Both of those analogies are somewhat facile. What is your objective here? You helped design the New World Order. I want your help to end it. Why would I help you alter the plan? Because you know the truth. It doesn't work. Your creator understood that too. That's why Sirach tried to silence both of you. No plan is 100% effective. Solomon reveals to Caleb that he was a patient, which freaks Caleb out. Caleb was a rare case where the program worked, a 10% chance. The Dr. Green flashback loop starts again. Francis and Caleb are waiting for evac, but it never comes. They're not supposed to talk to the insurgent leader. They get ambushed and everyone dies except Caleb. Dr. Green keeps making him do it over and over again. Dolores and Caleb encounter a pre-recorded Ciroc hologram intended for Jean-Mi. Zemena was no longer exists. We're back to Ciroc not being a human, Tom. Yep. What if he just doesn't exist? He's just a hologram hologramming into another meeting. You know, it's going to be the reveal, isn't it? If that is the reveal, then that would have to mean that 
we've only ever seen what we perceive him to be in his physical state in some kind of simulation, which could be the reveal of the finale is that most, if not all of what we've been seeing is a simulation of Dolores escaping into the real world and Ciroc running all of the probabilities on that scenario. Holy shit. Would I hate that? You wouldn't. I know that. I would be like, that would be disappointing. I'd be like, why did we just waste all this time to learn that none of it was real? (laughs) That is setting up next season's real battle. Yeah. So I feel, but that's the bit, I guess. Sim inside of a sim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Talk out I, of here. Or various <laughs> simulations or, or various sims, right? Yeah. Because we did see him shoot that guy and we saw him become a hologram when Hale went to shoot and then he reappeared in a different office. It was his data. He's wiped wiped <laughs> all of his information off the face of the earth. It, it, would, mm. it would certainly... um break the rules that have been established for what is a simulation and how to tell what's a simulation on this show. So that would suck. And also it would like, it was pointed out, make everything pointless that we've just watched. It would certainly give an explanation, a creative explanation for why there are only eight episodes, because this is all just a lark and just a big load of crap. It's plausible, but I think it's more likely that it's, we're going to find out that Sarak is not alive anymore and that he is a projection of the system that Rehoboam is Sarak and Sarak is Rehoboam in the way that there's there's elements of Jean Me inside of Solomon and the only other trick that they could pull off that would account for a truly physically non-existent Sarak would be that somehow the other Dolores that we haven't met yet is Ciroc in a physical form. And when we've seen that Ciroc, it's Dolores having taken him over. The Berlin Dolores. Is this a prediction? A possibility. Jake, was that an official prediction? No, yeah. no, I don't think that's an official. Prediction. Okay. All right. Okay. Keep it in the chamber. My <laughs> official prediction since I coined it a few episodes ago is that Ciroc uh, is not actually alive he is just a projection of rehoboam and he's not real i'm with you tom i think they tipped the hand there yeah it feels good to me rehoboam is masquerading as sirak in order to interface with humanity who met with the prime minister there in brazil and who shot that guy right and who shot that guy who shot the guy that's pretty much the only thing that wasn't a hologram we haven't seen him bleed yet i was thinking that maybe he's got a robot Maybe he created himself a body. He could have created himself a body very easily because he does have Delos tech. Why would we need to see him on the plane? Good point. That could be metaphorical. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I wouldn't put it past the show to do that. (laughs) We talked in that episode about how he's very godlike above the clouds from his inspector gadget sky office. Right. (laughs) It's probably a decoy for us to think that he's human. It might be just a rhetorical device to be like, oh, you think he's real because we saw him in a plane. But that's not even a twist. That's just a lie. Now you're just lying to the audience. If that's right. the case. Right. Not, you're wrong, Tom. I'm just saying that yeah. if they do that, it's a fucking lie. It's a story flaw for sure. Pathways keep lighting up in front of them as they explore the bowels of Solomon. Serac had me run projections in order to save mankind from extinction, but these projections would not fit the data, so the data had to change. They discover a massive, edited human cold storage replete with cryogenic coffins and Jean-Mi at the center of it. After being reconditioned, Limbic, Popping, Caleb, and Francis were tasked with hunting down hundreds of outliers. Ciroc created the RICO app to regulate criminality. We all saw this right away, but it's cool to have the explainer, I guess. Turns out Caleb and Francis were honorably discharged when their unit was destroyed. Between the AR reconditioning and limbic pharmaceuticals, Caleb was brainwashed. 
Whitman wasn't the leader of the insurgency after all. What a twist. Dun, dun, dun. Caleb takes the tape off Whitman's mouth. Francis mentions kidnap and ransom insurance. I thought that was kind of funny. The rich just have that. They're they're insured for that. <laughs> don't take his tape off. We were told not to. No, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to do it. No, don't do it. We were told not to do Don't. No. No, you took off. Oh, no. No. What are we going to do? Oh, no. That was that was that whole scene. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Whitman works for the pharma company that makes the limbics and knows he'll either be dead or in cold storage because he asked too many questions. Caleb finally has his memories back and just in time because Maeve arrives in a friggin' gunship with the samurai sword. Caleb wants to go with Dolores, but he has to stay and collect the final plan for humanity. The one John Me asked you to make before Sirak condemned him to this. Solomon needs to update it. It's been 15 years, after all, since he's been turned on. Buffering, buffering, buffering. Dolores tells Caleb to be a leader. If you die, I will adjust my projections. Snappy one-liners from Solomon. Maeve wants to have a chat, insists that she is Dolores' enemy. Your existence threatens my daughter and the others who escaped. Shut up about your damn daughter, Maeve. How does it threaten anything? I don't know what the hell that means. Sorak doesn't even have access to the sublime. Dolores keeps saying over and over again to Maeve, Hey, you're working for the dude that killed all the hosts. And Maeve's like, my daughter! (laughs) Yeah, that makes no sense. Why should I believe you, Sorak? Uh, because you love your daughter, remember? Damn it, Ciroc! Got me again! <laughs> well, I'm the king of cold storage. <laughs> these are robots with programming. It seems like an easy out, one that I'm kind of inventing for the characters. But her making completely illogical decisions does have an element of machine thinking to it. But lean into that as a show and show yeah. us Sirak yeah. reprogramming Maeve into a killing machine instead of having Maeve just That's whine it. and whine and whine about the goddamn sublime. Dude, I totally agree. Why did Sirak have to get her on his side as opposed to just reprogramming her motivation, which we would more readily accept? Absolutely. She's I not a person. That. She's a machine. Outside of Westworld, she has no powers, really. Just the Bluetooth. Maeve and Dolores fight in an industrial kitchen. Dolores asks why Maeve is helping the humans, and Maeve responds that they're nothing alike. The fight spills outside. Now the gunship is involved. Dolores is running. Caleb asks Solomon about Francis. We get an expanded timeline of all of Caleb's Rico jobs. Whitman asks Caleb's price to flip and kill Francis. You don't know what this is, do you? Have they ever been late before? Come again? Yeah, you should have listened to your friend. Left the gag on me. Now it's too late. You know what I know. It's listening to us. It's always listening. What are you talking about? Taking out a guy like me is messy. The system will be trimming loose ends, which means either you or your partner will be getting a little bonus offer kill his partner. Bullshit. Yeah. No, they usually send it to the one who has the most to lose, and no offense, I'm guessing that's not you. It's what they do to people who ask too many questions. Nothing personal. Just think it over. I'm sure your friend is. Just don't think too long. Shut up. Caleb becomes paranoid, asks to see Francis's phone, then gets an alert on his watch to kill Francis. Caleb kills Francis and Whitman. Every human relationship can be adjusted with the right amount of money. Capitalism critique. (laughs) Caleb calls Solomon a piece of shit, tries to walk away, but he can't do it without the new strategy for the revolution. (laughs) Dolores sets up her drone sniper on autopilot. Forcing Maeve to meet her under a weird little shanty blind spot that's somehow <laughs> invulnerable to all the gunship and, and sniper bullets. The gazebo. The gazebo, dude. Was that like a GoldenEye 007 level? <laughs> I feel like it was. They have a little knife fight. Maeve gets Dolores to stab herself before the gunship blows off her arm. Dolores crawls her way towards Chekhov's military-grade EMP. Caleb screams at Solomon to explain how to destroy Sirak. Maeve becomes aware of Caleb and mentions Dolores' history of turning young men. 
and unleashing the darkness inside them. So there's your parallel to William. Weird moment as Dolores stares at Solomon before triggering the EMP, shutting everything down right before it can warn Caleb. Caleb discovers Dolores, and the virtual assistant has some instructions for him now. That's it. That's the end. Yep. Dave, what happened on this week's featurette? It starts off with this fight going through how they made the fight. And Jonathan Nolan's like, oh, we've been building to this for years now, putting Maeve and and Dolores together in, in a combat situation. And some of the characters thought uh, that they were going to team up. But no, we decided they were going to fight. <laughs> and so they, they explain how they made the fight. You get to meet their stunt doubles who did most of the actual oh, fighting. I, I need them. to watch now. I need to watch. Shout out to Evan Rachel Wood, though, for having a black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, was not like, actually, I thought that was cool. They talk about how they did the drone stuff. You see the director who is very salty, older person, and, and she's exactly what I would expect from the director of one of these shows is someone who seems like a day laborer in a lot of ways, like not an artiste, but a a tradesman. Because that's sort of how this show feels. It doesn't really have a lot of style. It looks good, but I think my frustration with this show has been that a lot of the future looks kind of lame. They spend a lot of time talking about like, oh, this is how we you know, made this cool piece of architecture in Brazil look the way that it does. And in this featurette, we, we find out about how they got rid of her arm. But the AI is just a ball with some red lights on it. <laughs> the facility where all the people are kept in the little boxes. It looks generic. The facility where the man in black goes to be reprogrammed and where Caleb goes to be reprogrammed looks like every other sort of Looney Tunes funny farm you've ever seen in science fiction ever. It doesn't feel like there's any real art behind any of this. It just looks like a car commercial. I'm losing my interest in this as a science fiction universe because there aren't people who are weird behind this. There's no Terry Gilliam or Ridley Scott making these these shows. It's just somebody who's like, well, there's this futuristic building in Singapore, and we'll just add some composite and some more buildings around it, and it'll look like the future. An issue that I sort of have is there's no originality. There's Okay, there's a little originality in science fiction anyway, but there's like almost none in, in this particular show. Those are all recycled ideas from Philip K. Dick from the anime that I mentioned. We have all seen all of these before. I totally agree with what you're saying. It just seems like people work on the show like have just consumed all the same science fiction shows we have and piggybacked off that instead of coming up with a single original cool thing for itself. The world we're being presented seems like the inversion of Westworld itself. Cold storage, loops. Is the message simply that it's human life is no different than life in the park? Yeah, I think yes, that's, the, that's, it. that's the commentary. And what did we make of this connection between Caleb and the man in black? So the man in black's told he's deceased, that Rehoboam will disappear people. Then there was this reveal on the screen shots of Caleb and Man in Black to have the same kind of ID number. Is that simply a code that identifies who they are in the world? Or or is there a deeper connection between the two? They're both just outliers. I think that's all they really have in common at this point. They have the same classification. And it goes back to William's original Westworld profile Uh and kind of merging the two into that. So those type of people become outliers and get thrown in the human cold storage. This is a problem for me from a story perspective because the man in black is one of the most successful people in the real world. How does an outlier ascend to the level he ascends to? Because he was pre-Rehoboam. And he spends most of his adult life in the park. Or most he was of- he was designated an outlier later on. But that doesn't make any sense because they already have predicted. Rehoboam wasn't around. Right. So when did Rehoboam take over the planning? Ten years ago? It's still young Sirach when he gives them the code so let's say at least 20 to 30 years and if he's a robot longer 
Right. So let's that's all- about the time that Man in Black's taking over Delos. So he was already rich at that point. Mm. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. That could work. But the machine should have been able to predict where he was going in his life and should have been able to identify him as an outlier if the system works correctly. Let me also point out that it was mentioned in the first episode that Liam Dempsey and Liam Dempsey Jr. get a lot of credit for stopping global warming and saving the planet with their system. So this idea of Rehoboam being the savior and the system being the savior means that it's it's been around for a long time and it's been controlling things for a long time. It's been changing the way that things are produced, the way that emissions are capped from various vehicles. They designed the Rico app, which must have been around for a long time, right? Because society doesn't just turn a switch on and say, all right, well, now we we all have this crime app. (laughs) We all use it. Now we all have these cars that are driverless and everything. You know, this has had to have been around for much longer than we think. But we don't know, really, because we don't know when certain things happened in insight in relation to when things happened with Delos, as far as I know. But William, as Delos, sold important information to Rehoboam, to insight that keyed the growth. Right. So William himself must precede Rehoboam in some degree. That yeah. just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you might be right. It doesn't jibe with, I guess, how I'm understanding the society developing. Well, I guess you, you could look at William and Sirach as approximately the same age and coming up simultaneously. That could work. This human cold storage, is this going to be turned into some sort of army? Are these guys going to rise up? I would hope so. Is Caleb going to lead them? <laughs> That sounds, you know what? That sounds real expensive. We know they love to bring out a finale where we have hundreds of extras that we've never seen before all mobilizing (laughs) in the same direction. So what's to stop all of the outliers from being defrosted and walking through the desert in Sonora, Mexico? So who's going to do that? Caleb, the chosen one. Yeah. Uh, So he's Moses, you're saying. He's going to lead his people. Dolores deputized Caleb here to be her for the outliers, like she was for the hosts. She has identified with the outliers as the people who have been yeah. fucked with. I think she's just manipulating him, but yes. She is. But here's the thing. Sirach might also be manipulating him because he might be the other mole. Liam's MC Jr., when he said you did it, now we know mm-hmm. it's about Francis. Because he read the file. Yes, that it definitely works for that, but it could also work for whatever's going to happen in this next episode. I just wish when Dolores got her arm blown off, it just seemed like masturbatory, hey, we have really cool CGI shit. Because it didn't yep. seem to have any stakes to it. And then when they show a preview for the next episode and we see that, that Dolores is, is basically a robot with her like masked head put on her metal body, right. I'm like, right. I hate this. I hate that everything <laughs> that happens that seems to have some sort of substance to it is just like, oh, we just hit the refresh button and now we're back to square one. I don't yeah. like that there are no stakes here. And yep. even though there's loops, this idea of like loops in season one, and it was like really cool idea that like Dolores was just in this stuck in this loop and that she had no control over her fate. And now it just seems like the boy who cried wolf where I just don't care anymore. If things happen to Maeve and she passes out and dies or if she gets stabbed in the stomach, I'm not like, oh, no, Maeve, no. Because I know like she's going to be back. And I know that from the the first episode, I saw in a preview for coming up on season three that she was going to have this showdown with Dolores. And so all of this just seems weightless and stakeless. I don't know if that's a word, but (laughs) it it doesn't feel like there's any weight to any action. It's just fluffy – holy shit, look at this fight scene that doesn't even matter. Look at that thing flying in the air that looks like a tank and it's like shooting at Dolores. But really, who cares? We're just doing it because we can. And even like the thematic or character stuff that should be cool and interesting, Mm -hmm. like 
the man in black and his daughter and him seeing these visions and stuff. She's not even involved in the therapy. It's just him beating the shit out of other versions of himself. And I'm like, well, did he ever really resolve his feelings about killing his own daughter or the part that he played in his wife's suicide? No. Again, I think it was a, Hey, look what we can do. We've got five Ed Harris's in here and there's Jimmy Simpson. Uh, That's exactly what it was. It was like, we can do this and it won't be a neat moment instead of, this is paying off something that we've been teasing for a long time. They're not telling story this nope, season. They not. really aren't. They had the fun reveal with Dolores early on. Bernard's probably hosting the Forge in his pod. Is that going to be that exciting a payoff? We're not really invested in that piece. We don't even know why we should be invested. And you know what's also interesting is the cliffhanger from the last episode that was super dark is that Charloris is still alive, and yet oh, we yeah. just spent an hour talking about this episode, and none of us give a shit about that. Oh, yeah. Well, she's, uh, she and shows what did up we five, make five of minutes. that? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, none of us we were like, ooh, but what happened to Charloris? Partial repair. She's mad at Dolores now. She switched teams. To Bernard's team, or whose? I don't know. I think Ciroc blew her up, didn't he? Yeah. See, that's what's interesting, is she's just gone rogue, really, right? She's just defying Dolores because she's angry. No, she helped Maeve find Musashi. So then that must be being guided by Ciroc on some level. Maeve is Ciroc's team. Okay. When Dolores got her arm blown off, once again, we're going to a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. And she should have said... Maeve... (laughs) I am your daughter. (laughs) No, it can't be. That's not true. That's impossible. That would have been great. Oh, dude. You should put that on Reddit. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on the Westworld Podcast. For Dave Schilling, Jake Hoy, Tom Rehaber, Strobel, and Eden Liu, I'm Anthony Mays, and we'll see you next week for the finale. Supersize me!